And welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And our super producer, Riley Bray. All right. You know what, boys? I think, you know what? New year, new timing. Let's get right into it, okay? I I don't want to do any chit-chat, okay? I don't care how things are going right now. That's a boy, Mike. we have a great guest tonight. We got to get right to her. We Let's have right to, to we have to do a little check in with one of our listeners first. But we're we're gonna get into it. Are you guys okay with that? Is everyone doing okay? Yeah, yeah. things are good. Let's get yeah, let's kick it off. Let's jam. Yeah. Twenty twenty four, baby. All right, let's go. Let's go. All right. Well, well, let's check in with one of our club scouts who uh, left us a five star review on Amazon because that's what we decided we're looking at these days. <laughs> it's an easy way to help get the show to more people. So, uh, Riley, who is our five star club scout of the week? Well, it just says Amazon customer, so we'll they're leave anonymous. It at that. <laughs> but here's the review. Subject: A feast for your mind and your ears. Mm. Reviewed in the United States on December 11, twenty twenty three. BJ and the Shadow Bats may be new on the scene, but these fellas are all seasoned pros. Their debut EP is both catchy and enlightening, with thunderous bass gallops from Bryce Johnson that rival the great Steve Harris of Iron Maiden, <laughs> razor-sharp riffs from guitarist Riley Bray, and powerful and soulful vocals from Michael Ooh. McMillan that are as sweet as applesauce and make you think <laughs> oh. about what goes bump in the night. If none of Look this makes that. any sense, I guess you'll just have to listen for yourself. Five stars. Five stars. Oh, we go. I love the shout <laughs> well, There you go. Look at you that. You guys have taken the assignment of nonsensical Amazon reviews and just done wonderfully with it. <laughs> I mean, this makes, keep it going. Keep perfect it going. sense Riley to me. I love it. It's great. Although you misspelled Riley's <laughs> last name and I'm upset with you. Eh, uh, Amazon awesome. customer. He doesn't care. He's um, happy with the review. All right. Well, thank you for doing that. Uh, if you leave us a five-star review, we might read it on the next episode. Okay. Our guest this week. I they've got every you know there are multi hyphenates and then there are mega hyphenates I'm oh. gonna say, and this week's guest fits into that category cool. I think. Uh, she's an actress. She's a comedian. She's a uh, a filmmaker whose whose fur whose feature film. De- <laughs> Boy, I wrote this and out. I can't even say it. Here's the problem. That's how exciting Here, it is. Here's why I don't want to do a lot uh-huh. of chit chat. jump right in. You know? I'm not reading my reading glasses tonight. It's going to be bad. Okay. <laughs> You're not reading your reading glasses. I'm not. I'm not reading my reading glasses. Her feature film dictor- directorial <laughs> debut, Step Aside, is now streaming. She also has a brand new podcast called Non-Drinking Buddies, Club Scouts of All Timelines. Please welcome Rebecca Johnson. Yay. Rebecca. Hi. Thank you. What a pleasure just to hear that wow. perfectly smooth <laughs> intro. So it was smooth like, and sweet. Mm, like butter. Mm, like, <laughs> like, Listen, yeah, like I got, burnt butter. I got three hours of sleep last night. We had a veterinary crisis. Okay, oh. everybody's okay. Oh. Okay, But uh, I'm a little, you know what? I'm not going to apologize for what I'm doing tonight. Whatever I go. do is what well, I do. Up. Okay. And we will yes and it along all along the way. <laughs> Rebecca, how are you? 
I'm I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm good. good. I I have a little bit of a cough. Okay. So I'm trying to keep it to myself. Listen, we're all we're all holding. We're just barely holding it together. We're recording <laughs> this at the tail end. Okay. Of 2023, everybody. So this, we're 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 barely. This was a fucking crazy year, and we're barely, <laughs> barely, <laughs> barely hanging on. The train's barely on the track. <laughs> hey, you guys right. are in 2024. You yeah, know how you rad that away. year I was, is. I was on <laughs> yeah. the plan, dude. Yeah, Michael's letting the cat out of the bag. I, I'm just saying that's you know that's that's you know that's when this episode drops. But Rebecca. As this episode comes out, you've already had, I'm going to say, what, two episodes of your podcast out? Yes. Tell us all about Non-Drinking Buddies. So Non-Drinking Buddies, I am hosting with my comedy partner, Ann Gregory. Her and I randomly got sober on the same day. We told each other like a week later. I was like, I have something to tell you. I quit drinking. She's like, me too. And I was like, what? And it uh, turns out, That's did it crazy. on the same day for different reasons. She did it because she was getting migraines. I did it because I'm an alcoholic. Fair um, enough. <laughs> you know, good hey, reasons. baby. Both good reasons. Um, yep. Both good reasons. Um, but yeah, we both quit. And, and after, you know, a year of not drinking, we just were kind of looking for advice from people who've not drank longer than us about how they have fun while they're not drinking we decided to make it a podcast because you can't have a hobby unless you monetize it yeah oh that's but it's fun two comedians talking to celebrities and comedians about you know not drinking and the fun that you have or yes oh that's great that's great so what's your what has what's been the thing that you've discovered is like oh this is my thing what what's i don't want to say fill the void because i don't think that's fair but but as you said how do you have fun now well, I think something I've realized is that I enjoy hanging out during the day more. Mm. So even when I had a birthday party, I had a daytime dance party. And so my friends drank. That was fine. But I didn't notice. my. Yeah. I didn't have that feeling of like, I should be drinking now because mm. I'm dancing. Um, and instead, I just was able to just dance it out, have a great time with my friends. And and it was an afternoon delight. The nighttime is for Um, reading, So things like that, daytime. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tea. I'm having tea. tea. Yes, reading and tea are best at night. Dancing dancing really is kind of the answer to all things I've found. I'll be honest. Sometimes, like, I'll be, you know, especially during the pandemic, I would just, like, blast some music and have a little one-man dance party. And I truly made me feel so much better. Yeah. Actually, in the pandemic, we would pull out a trampoline. And I have a kid. And he was five when the pandemic started. And so we would just have trampoline dance parties. and, and, And you can dance sober. You know, and uh, yeah, it's a lot. So I've realized that I've learned better, that. probably better that you do best that you yeah. do. Yeah. So you don't fall. So that's great. So where can people find that? I assume if they're it's on this be app. all the places. Yeah. Great. All the places you can find. Um, but anything like it's called non-drinking buddies. And you can find out about that podcast and any of my other projects at Hello Rebecca on Instagram. And it's Rebecca with two K's. You don't even know me yet, though. I don't feel like these people are sold that they're going to want to go. We can can circle back on the plugs. We're just planting the seed. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rebecca, just because you don't do spirits doesn't mean you don't do spirits. Ooh, 
la la. Oh, right? All right. Nice there transition. He is. Yeah. Which is which is where the word came from, uh, spirits, you know, because people would imbibe on these on these alcoholic drinks and they would get loose and wild and they thought people thought they were being taken over by spirits. So the word became adopted mm. to represent sort of these uh, these alcoholic motifs and beverages. I like to, I like to think that like you know a distillery is just a place where wizards capture ghosts and demons into a barrel yeah, and then they juice. bottle them up. Yeah, that's yeah, all it is. I think that is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like it. That's good. That's canon now. Rebecca, we ask everyone who comes on the show, what is your personal paranormal history? Have you ever had an experience that you can't explain? And what are your thoughts on the paranormal? So I'm pretty skeptical about things um but when i lived in new york a really long time ago um maybe this is like 15 or more years ago um i would be in like my apartment i lived in an apartment in hell's kitchen it was on the first floor and for some reason i was like scared in my apartment all the time like Mm. i was just scared to be in there and i would have times where i would get this overwhelming feeling to leave like where they where I would I'm saying they but it would feel like that like someone was telling me to mm. leave my apartment mm. and it, and I would go and I would go even in my pajamas whatever right and this one time it was really cold it was the middle of winter um might as well have been January 17th the day this podcast came out no but really it was the middle of January February you know freezing and all of a sudden, I got this feeling. It was like th- this deep chill, like to my bones, mm. like that where it felt like there was a voice telling me to get out of my apartment. Wow! And I went out, and I turned the corner, and I went on to like Ninth Avenue, and in front of a diner, there was a man, like a unhoused man, laying on the ground, and it was freezing. He was mm. laying on the ground, and he was freezing like where it seemed like he was freezing to death and i knocked on the diner door to see if they would let him in the diner guy at the diner was like no no like he wouldn't let in this person who was in crisis and so i called 911 and the paramedics came and they like took that guy away and it was like no one was helping him and i couldn't help but feel like mm. i was pushed out of my apartment to help this person because mm. it was like oh uh, the weirdest feeling the most strong feeling that i had to leave at that moment and then like truly i was the only person in this whole busy area of hell's kitchen that like stopped to help this guy and the fact that the diner even like they wouldn't let us in like it was just so crazy and i i felt this feeling like something made me do that so I don't know if that's paranormal or that's um, narcissism. <laughs> Both can uh, feel unexplainable oh, at times. No, but I don't yeah. know if that's paranormal. But like I thought when I was in New York, like I would get weird tingles and and shit. Huh. And I haven't really, I don't know. But I, I think I'm a lot more cynical now than I used to be in my 20s. And that's when it happened in my 20s. Can I ask mm. the first question, BCC boys? Oh, yeah, get in there. Did you feel, I'm interested, I'm, I'm curious, did you feel that that voice, that compulsion came from within you, or did it feel mm. external? It kind of felt external. Like, I was aware that there was no one telling me it, but also it was not my voice. Oh, wow. 
it was not me. It was not my, it's not the like gut feeling that you might get normally. Yeah. It felt, I guess, otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Oh, so when I was, I was thinking, because I said to my husband, I was like, I've never had a ghost incident. And then I was like, oh, well, that was a weird thing. Mm. Man. <laughs> you know. That is so strange. Did you feel like that voice might have been male or female or? Male. Mm. Why would that be? Well, I'm just sort of wondering if the guy might have set out some sort of rever- reverberation of, of, of he was in peril. And you, and you your receptor mm-hmm. picked up on it and you were like. I have to go outside right now. I'm getting a signal. This, Maybe. You know, I mean, I who don't knows? know. It was so weird. I, I thought about that, too. Yeah. And it was like two blocks. It was like a, you know, far enough away that it's not like I could hear him. And it was just, yeah, but you it was found just him. one of those things. And I remember in that moment feeling like this happened for a reason. I was pushed out of the house. I, I remember like calling my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, and being like, I don't know why, but something made me leave and mm. I helped this guy. Okay, I'm going to take this one step further and maybe, uh, you know, stop me if I'm getting too weird. Have you ever, were there any other points in your life in that apartment or not where you felt like that same guiding voice stepped in to help out in any way? Mm. I, I feel like the, that voice was like scary. Okay. And so I oh. think that that's the thing it was like like, leave 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 yeah it was like Mm. go now Mm -hmm. and that happened in that apartment a lot okay now there also was a like um Mm. halfway house right next door where lots of people would come who were mentally ill or like out of jail great place to live Mm -hmm. um and that was right next door so there was like i kind of was on edge a lot yeah. Because um, there was all these, really, I have to say, strange men everywhere. There was, a, if it makes you feel better, Rebecca, in my first neighborhood in LA over the Melrose District, I lived two blocks, like two little neighborhood blocks away from a halfway house. And there was a man we used to call Umbro Man because he wore Umbros all the time and he would sit out on the front porch and stick his hands down his pants mm. and uh, pleasure himself through his mm. Umbros. Yeah, in front that's of the kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that would yeah. happen all yeah. the time. You got, there was a guy. <laughs> Who had a um, he had a little amp on his belt, and he looked like he must have been in an '80s metal band or something. And he apparently well, lived in just the my hero building. <laughs> he lived in the building, but he would sleep outside. But I know he lived in the building, oh, wow. but he would sleep outside. And I would walk by. This is a sad story, but I would walk by and he would tell me what color underwear I had. That's how I oh, knew no. where he was because he was below the he's street. He's the psych. Maybe he's He'd the be psychic like, nice man. Purple panties, you know. Yeah. See, <laughs> he, had like, ah! pow- he had psychic powers. He had psychic powers. And he guy. was telling you to get out and help that guy. <laughs> and then he'd, he'd just play on his electric guitar. You know, oh, it's a crazy time. We solved it. <laughs> it I guess good. what I, I guess what I was digging at it was like. Uh, so this does feel sort of site specific to me whatever whoever this was if you didn't feel it before or after but it did make me also wonder like is this what some people in some paranormal circles would call like your spirit guide you know what i mean like <laughs> the one who's kind of like watching out over guardian over angel us, you know spirit did you ever guide. Fit- yeah have you ever felt like a sense of anything like that in your life like a like some sort of cosmic being or higher intelligence that's looking out for you I mean, I kind of felt it more when I was like younger, when I would feel like I was like psychic or something when I was like a teenager. Okay, I like this. And then mm-hmm. I just was like, 
I don't believe in anything. I'm cold-hearted now. <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah. Turned it off. Yep. What were your psychic? What were your psychic ask. fantasies or premonitions as a teenager? I feel like I used to be able to put thoughts in other people's heads. Okay. No. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay. Now we're cooking. Let's oh unpack God, this. Oh my God. That's okay. awesome. So like I would say things. I would tell someone to say something in my brain, and then they'd say it. Wow. Rebecca, you have my control power. <laughs> that's I when mean, I was little, and then and then at some point, it who's stopped. to say that didn't actually happen though? Now you're just a director. Yeah, now you're a director. Yeah, yeah so it kind of you know. I don't know, that but is then part wild. of me, yeah, I just at least that's what I. Yeah, it would be so strange, you know, like that, or sometimes the like I would feel like a real strong deja vu feeling, but it yeah. would be like I would know I dreamed something like i would mm. dream something and then the thing would happen so then yeah when i was like in high school i'd be like i'm psychic yeah wow. i love this <laughs> i think you need to tap back it i think you might be right mm-hmm. yeah oh for i think sure. you just sh- yeah, you shut that part off yeah don't let the weary cynicism of the world oh, take brother. away your your mind control powers <laughs> you know, in the in the bigfoot community they call that mind speak being able to uh you know implant your mind voice speak. into somebody else's head uh, it's a little different than telepathy. You know, you can even use visuals uh, and cues as opposed to just regular uh, common language. You Wait, know. that's just telepathy. Yeah, yeah. But X-Men. Like, no, it's, like Professor it's X mind. puts no, pictures like, telepathy, in, in telepathy. into people's minds. It's telepathy cooler, is an exchange of an, Yeah, telepathy is an exchange of ideas, isn't it? Like an exchange in communication, right? That Like, isn't that what telepathy is? Being I don't able think to, so. Being able to read somebody's mind. No, if you're mind, telepathic, you can read somebody's minds, or you can, or you can put you can put things in people's I don't minds. Think, I don't mm. know if you can implant some, your, your mind into somebody else's. I, I think that's more in Listen, the Listen, you of clearly speak. did not go to... <sighs> Charles Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. <laughs> you did? You did? You, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm I guess, amused. That's I guess, crazy. I guess you would take authority on this. That's true. I don't know. But I like. I do like the idea of mind speak. Do, Rebecca, now, have you ever been walking through the woods and felt like perhaps a voice has dropped in your head from, from behind a tree yeah, or something? Yeah, a, a, nat- a nature spirit reaching out to yeah, you. Yeah, a Bigfoot reaching like out to Bigfoot? you. Like a Bigfoot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the thing. I can't tell the difference between extreme creative anxiety and mm-hmm. like some other shit like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. we mm-hmm. absolutely know what you mean. <laughs> You're so. like, this absolutely. is what this podcast is. Yeah, yeah we yes. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to know, is anybody in your, what's your family's take on this stuff? Did you have like a, a family member that ever like experienced or expressed any type of psychic powers or new age thought or anything or is this all coming from young rebecca yeah nobody in my family is like new agey at all um and you know it it was just like friend i guess friends like liked to do ouija boards and did i say that right yeah ouija Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I was like, it's Ouija. No, it's Ouija board. I think um, originally it was, but we all just call it Ouija. It's a tomato, okay. tomato like, sort what? of scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think the 80s, I don't know. Friends talked about that stuff. But and yeah, nobody in my family, everyone's pretty practical. Mm-hmm. They're like religious-ish, mm. but practical outside of that. You okay. Know? Fair enough. <laughs> you can be both. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But like, you know, 
Just and and I think they would be skeptical of something like that. Or my dad would probably be like, "That's God. That was God having you be a helper, or whatever." You know. Mm-hmm. What kind of religion did did he grow up with? Moravian, which is a Protestant. Oh, I don't know this. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's like a Lutheran-y type. And okay. in New York, it's more liberal. And as you get more south, it's more conservative. But ours was a more like liberal, not you know evangelical or anything got it got it i just think also too going back to new york like that place is just full of of ghosts i i stayed in an apartment for like two months on the upper east side like an old tenement apartment that had like the closet and the bathroom in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and it was for sure active like a coffee can full of pennies and I had been told by my friends, they were like, this place is haunted P.S. Oh, God. And I and I felt like the they in there, although I think it was a singular person. And a whole coffee can, Folgers can full of pennies that was sitting on the counter was tossed off the counter right after I walked past it and shattered mm. on the ground. Like there was no, a wind could knock it over. Crazy. And it was just sort of like, it was like the fir- within the first few days that I was there and I was like, okay. Got it. My name is Michael. I know I'm Eve's friend. I'm staying here for a little while. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to respect your space if you respect mine. And then there was like no no problems after that. But it definitely Come at felt me, ghost. like a. Come at me right yeah, now. Well, <laughs> Come on, you fucked with the It felt like a warning shot. It was sort of like. <laughs> Yeah, I love that he's attacking you with pennies too. Yeah, <laughs> this is what you're worth, bitch. <laughs> well, there's a lot of pennies in there, so I take that as a compliment. Okay, hey, that's okay. my lunch money. <laughs> New York is just—I mean, just New York just feels like it's just like crawling with ghosts. I feel like you can't live so. in an apartment People that's die not haunted and yeah. get murdered. I'm sure yeah. there every apartment. Except for brand new ones, have a murdered person in there. And even <laughs> well, the new ones just built over old murder apartments. Oh yeah, right. exactly. True. They, yeah. they they built a new place there because they had to tear down the yeah. murder apartment that used right. to be standing there. It's a good point though, Michael. When you think it's like you think of like a haunted place as this like rural sort of spooky place, but if you just just based on the numbers, if we're accepting ghosts. They're mm-hmm. all in the cities because that's where all the London you know, people lived and died. All the, all the London trauma. is like the yeah. most haunted place yeah, exactly. ever. Yeah, you know, you and go. it's just because so many people have lived down on the Thames, like dating all the way back to pre, you know, like prehistoric times. Like as long as there were people, there were people hanging out where London is today. So, right. I don't know, and a lot of people, a lot of people buried there too. You know, yeah. A lot of bones. A lot of bones under the sewers in those places. You know, it's the like. bones to ghost in ratio. In Staten Island, yeah. where I grew up, we would, in high school, drink at the... Cropsy? Um, well, Cropsy, yes. There, I know he murdered lots of people in Staten Island. Was like a serial killer, right? Um, He's an or urban scary. legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we would drink in the graveyard. That's where we would have our keg parties, mm. which is a crazy place to drink. But that's also, I'd be scared all the time drinking there. Love that. Um, but you're like, well, it's kind of naturally scary. How much How much of an influence did Cropsy have in, on, in, like, in your teen years? Did people talk about Cropsy a lot? Not in my teen years, but I don't know if everybody had this, but when I was young, like... I was constantly scared of getting kidnapped and I being kidnapped was like 
really like there were people getting kidnapped a lot, it seemed like. And I don't know if that's everywhere or just in Staten Island, but it seemed like the kidnapping was real trendy. Well, we grew up in <laughs> satanic panic and stranger danger yeah. era. Yeah. So that yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I definitely was more scared of that. Mm-hmm. But Cropsy actually it's weird because my brother watched that documentary and was like, That was right by us. Whoa. <laughs> You guys like know about? Do you guys know about Cropsy? No, Riley, no, Riley. really, no. Cropsy, <clears throat> Rebecca, maybe I'm gonna paraphrase from memory, and maybe you can fill in some gaps. But like Cropsy, you probably know more than me. Cropsy was like supposed to be like this escaped inmate from an old abandoned asylum that was on that actually existed on Staten Island, mm. and Cropsy went on to become like the inspiration for Jason. And uh, like Michael Myers, there's a movie oh. called, I think it's called, there's I a couple no late 70s movies and I'm I'm probably going to get these wrong, but there's one called like Hatchet and I think there's one called Madman or The Madman. I'm, I could be very wrong about this. I watched all of these during the pandemic and it's all like filmmakers who grew up on Staten Island hearing the Cropsy Legends making the early slasher movies. Hmm. And I th- and I and I think the guy who made Friday the 13th like he was also inspired by these legends as well. So it was like this whole generation of people who grew up from the 50s to 70s who became filmmakers and and like this Cropsy um, urban myth of like a slasher like the the proto slasher living on in Staten Island, like inspired like horror movies as we now know them today. Well, oh, and I knew cool. where that mental institution was because it it was like an abandoned place that you know sometimes people would go to to like f- you know fuck around. So I would never <laughs> do that. But. No, yeah, I would be too scared. Yeah, <laughs> nope. Mad Madman, nineteen eighty one American slasher film written and directed by uh, Joe Gioni and starting Galen Ross and Paul Ellers. Yeah, I think that's that was like one of the early ones that was like a big Cropsy uh, influenced by the Cropsy legend. Yeah, mm. mm? not familiar. Yeah, at I all. had no idea. That's new, wild. New to me. Soul Cow doesn't have like a lot of like roaming slashers, you know what I mean? Like other than the real ones that were very active in the in the seventies, right. but like yeah, right. we don't have a. I feel like there's no like urban, you know, like L.A. has like oh the lizard people that live under downtown L.A., you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I, I don't feel like we have any like Freddies or or like no. Jasons roaming around. But that's like, fine with Black me, dude. Dahlia. That's good. Isn't that yeah. some? Yeah, that's Black a Dahlia, real yeah. though. Yep, very yeah, that's, real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our horrors not are legendary. Yeah, it's we, more real yeah, murderers. Where does the name Cropsy come from? I don't remember. That's Sounds a like good. A, it's a like docu. A... I know that there there's all this crap about it in the documentary, and because I grew up in the '80s, I feel like it wasn't as talked about as like maybe people coming up in the '50s through '70s had. I don't know. <sighs> But yeah, I don't know. I don't know I what crap's going We'll figure it out. All mm. right, we're, we're going to play a game now that we play with all of our, our friends on the show. I'm going to go down a list of paranormal phenomena. And if you're open to it, you're going to say, believe it. If you're not open to it, you're going to say, bullshit. All right, <laughs> you're going to just, you got to come down one way or another. If, oh, if, if oh you really, gosh. if you're really struggling with, with deciding, we can you just pick one and we'll come back and we'll, we'll justify it or, or change your mind. Okay. Okay. This, this is a game that we call bullshit or believe it. All right, Rebecca Johnson <laughs> on your mark, get set Oof. ghosts. 
Believe it. Bigfoot. Bullshit. UFOs. Oh, God. <laughs> Believe it. Crystals. Oh, bullshit. Ouija boards. Bullshit. Tarot cards. Believe it. Alien abductions. Ugh. Bullshit. Shapeshifters. Bullshit. <laughs> I love that you were like, no, 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 they're Stop actually real. About it. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm like, I don't know. I never good. thought about those yeah, guys fair before. Enough, fair enough. <laughs> As real things. Shadow people. Bullshit. Gnomes. Bullshit. Astral projection. Bullshit. Psychic dreams. Uh, believe it. Sheep squatch. I don't know what that is, it's so like a, bullshit. Great. Bad squatch. <laughs> I don't know what that is, so bullshit. <laughs> the lizard man of scape or swamp. Bullshit. Speaking to the dead. Mm, believe it. Demons. Bullshit. Wendigos. Don't know what that is? Bullshit. Werewolves. Bullshit. Parallel universes. Bullshit. Past lives. Mm, believe it. Doppelgangers. Bullshit. Destiny. <laughs> Bullshit. Life after death. Mm, on the fence. Oh, no. <laughs> she pulled Stop a fast one at the oh, very end. I guess we'll find out. After we die. Yes, I'm glad you <laughs> now, said Now, I like that. that you said, I like that you said bullshit to Ouija boards, but believe it to tarot cards. I know. But and I crystals. Don't, it's so weird. It's like, I don't really believe in it, but my friends are all into it. So then they'll pull cards and I'll be like, <laughs> all right, yeah. fine. You know, and I like follow a tarot app. Why do I do this to myself? Which one? Yeah. What is it called? Okay, tell us about your relationship with the tarot app. I don't. I like. I like looking at it for inspiration to give me like thoughts on like if I'm gonna journal or something. I okay. like having almost like a suggestion and improv, um, mm. something to think about. But I don't want to like take it too seriously and get stressed out about moon and stars and all that. And I keep trying to look up who invented these like designations for where the hell the stars are. I can't find out who invented it. The ancients. The tarot. Are you talking <laughs> about right. the tarot? The tarot yeah. goes back so far that no one really quite oh knows where the uh, th where it originated. Uh, Arabian mystics is is probably the first guess, and then it it sort of coalesced down the timeline through there. And, and those symbols are 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 archetypally ancient and old. Some of those old uh, those old tarot decks and cards. I think too there were like versions of the tarot that like ancient Egyptians also used as like playing cards. You mm -hmm. know what I That's mean? Right. And that like That's right. it was almost like as if out of like they, they they originated as some sort of playing cards or story cards, but then they started to use them to channel stuff. Well, I think I think you have it reversed, Michael. The the symbols and the stories came first, and then from there, uh, regular card games were sort of transplanted onto them, uh, just so that they would be okay. passed around general society and, and moved throughout the commons. Uh, and then people who were interested could take a uh, take a deeper, more esoteric look into the symbology. Got hmm. it. Yeah, there's something about it that is like attractive to me, but I think it's just hard for me to wrap my mind around it. So I, that's where I'm, I get like, oh, why am I even considering this? But then like sometimes it really resonates. 
I do like the idea of like maybe a thousand years from now, people be like pulling their Pokemon cards for divination and be like, ooh, Pikachu, this is good fortune. You absolutely Uh, could. You could pretty much make anything a divination tool, I think. Probably true. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it'll be time for this week's High Strangeness. Now, as our listeners know, I'm a very uh, sensitive soul when it comes to THC. I I like THC. It helps me feel creative. It helps me feel calm. It can help me sleep at night. But I need just a little bit at a time. So microdose gummies are great for me. Riley, how about you? I mean, for me, so much of my work is this prolonged, focused, creative work. And especially, like, let's say, knocking out this podcast every week. Sometimes it's so daunting to sit down and be like, all right, I got to do the edit, and I have to come up with a unique score that's unlike any of the other hundreds of scores I've done for this, and it all has to be done in the next four hours. And sometimes just a little microdose gummy just quiets down all those sort of anxiety voices, and, and it just kind of keys me into the edit, and it gets me laughing al- along with you guys again, and I'm, and I'm, I'm right back in it. And then all of a sudden... I finished it. It's uploading to the Dropbox. It's going out to your ears. And I've just realized like, oh yeah, I was just cruising on that little microdose the whole time. And I just find that incredibly helpful. There you go. Oh, I love it. Bryce, what should our Club Scouts do? Get 30% off your first order, plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code BCC. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code BCC for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code BCC. All right, everybody, it is time for this week's High Strangeness. And let me remind you, if you're not following us on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club or on Threads, same name, or on TikTok at BCC Pod, you might want to do that because... You know, some you you might want to look at some of these photos that we're going to be discussing in uh, Bryce's segment. So, Bryce, mm-hmm. You're the high strangeness that. table is yours. Great. Take it away. Well, let's do it, Rebecca. I love that you sort of answered the last bullshit believe it question. Life after death. What do you recall your answer? <laughs> I said on the fence. On the fence. That's perfect. Just that's like the, that. That's the best <laughs> place to be. And maybe tonight I'll be able to to push you over to another side. Oh. I'd like to start with a quote here. It is entirely possible that behind the perception of our senses, worlds are hidden, of which we are unaware. Albert Einstein, hack scientist. What if I told you there (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) That was just a joke. What if I told you there was an experiment carried out over the course of five years that claimed to garner the best scientific evidence for proof of an afterlife. That would be something you might be interested in, right? Well, that's exactly what happened in Norfolk, England back in 1993 when middle-aged couples Robin and Sandra Foy, along with Diana and, uh, Diana and Alan Bennett, decided to get together twice a week for five years and hold a seance to see if they could communicate with the dead. And apparently... The combined energies of the couples were so groovy that according to the discarnate entities that they were communicating with, they were able to take the couple's energy, mix it up with theirs, and create an altogether new energy, which they claimed was able to power what became known as the Skull Experiments. Yeah, baby! Rebecca, I've included okay, a so pic these of the- guy- 
Yeah, Wait, uh, yeah the so couples in our email. T- take a look, and uh, listeners, if you're not driving, you can take a look on our Instagram. And, uh, and so these meet. these people are just swingers. This yeah, is basically yeah. where you're telling us. That's where it seems where this is going. Twice a week uh, for five years. Twice mixing a week up for energies. Five years. Yeah. Mixing up those energies. So communing. Let me take you there. The year was 1993, and the place was a small cellar beneath Street Farmhouse in a little town called Skull. The four affectionately referred to the dark and damp cellar as the Skull Hole. I should mention here okay, that... they were definitely swingers. <laughs> they were skull fucking. Yeah, they were... <laughs> I should mention here that all four had a background and deep interest in the paranormal. Robin and Sandy spent many years witnessing physical paranormal phenomena and recording their experiences in books and elsewhere, while Alan and Diana had spent many years as mediums personally experiencing contact with what they described as the many realms of existence, and who also apparently had some prior success with producing paranormal phenomena that others witnessed and recorded. For the first few months, nothing really happened, until it did. One night while they were conducting their seance in total darkness, which was standard operating procedure, out of nowhere, something loud hit the table. They went to check what it was, and that's when they found a Churchill coin, which had aported from the other side. Aport from the French word to bring. An apot is an object which is quite solid and brought from one location to another during an experimental session, but in doing so, in so doing, apparently passes through solid walls, doors, etc. Well, the total number of aports we had during the sessions was about 80 or even more. Coins, spoons, jewelry, medallions, even old newspapers seemed to just manifest from out of nowhere. This was followed by such an increase in activity and unexplained phenomena that members of London's esteemed Society for Psychical Research were asked to investigate. But before we get into that, let's go over how all this worked. Basically, the Foys would organize the seances and set up the recording equipment and make sure everything was, let's say, in the spirit of things. You and trade your wife were the mediums. for my wife, <laughs> and I'll trade your wife for my wife. And, well, Mr. Foy. And the Bennets were the mediums, or talent, as we say in the biz. They brought their physical mediumship to the sessions, and again, to reiterate, the four of them seemed to create that special kind of energy. <laughs> you might be asking yourself, what is physical mediumship <laughs> versus Powers, 2024? Mediumship. And we're doing Austin Powers. Timely. I like hey, it. Let's it, bring it works it for the story. You know, Gen Z yeah. loves the Y2K yeah. stuff. Come on, it's Y2K. So are you it's, trying to imply that they were fucking Bryce? Is that no, what's going no. on here? No, but there, we'll, we'll get more into that, Riley. But there's a mixture of... <laughs> Well, there's a mixture Should of energy here. Now, you guys might be asking yourself, Bryce, what, what is physical mediumship versus mental mediumship? Great question. Oh, no, I'm just much... asking if they're fucking. <laughs> well, okay. Now, I, well, yeah, we'll answer that later, but let's answer this first. Okay. Uh, I'm right. stymied. Uh, it pretty much works like this. If you're familiar with our show's resident medium, Adela Levine, she would be considered a mental medium. In other words, the spirits communicate with Adela, and in turn, Adela communicates to whoever what the spirits have told her. Whereas in physical mediumship, 
Not only does the medium go into a trance where they allow a deceased entity or personality to take over their bodies, but more importantly, it can sometimes produce physical evidence of survival of death by transmitting objects from the spirit world to our world. Objects that once here can be scientifically measured and assessed, aka physical paranormal phenomena, PPP, or as I like to call it, <laughs> by 1995, <laughs> the couples, along with other investigators, researchers, and visitors who were invited to witness the phenomena for themselves reported that the skull hole was alive and teeming with extraordinary phenomena, which we're going to get into. But <laughs> teeming with something. One of the most incredible aspects of these whole... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get the giggles this early in the night. <laughs> One of the most incredible aspects of these whole experiments was that the Foy and Bennett's seemed to have assembled a I'll dream I'll show team. you my hole, oh. and then your <laughs> wife shows me her hole. That's the whole experiment. <laughs> they seemed to have assembled a dream team of dead people. Yeah, because soon after the skull experiment began, a group of spirit communicators... Wait, wait, you're taking this too far, Mr. Foy. <laughs> I draw the line at cadavers. A group no. of spirit communicators made themselves known to the group with the intent to assist them in helping to create tangible evidence for the existence of life after death. The group was told that their spirit team would assist in the experiments. Who told them that? Well, Manu, of course. My name is Manu. I'm to be the gatekeeper between the dimensions. When I was last on Earth, I lived in what you now call South America. The team of beings I represent is made up of many thousands of minds from the many other realms of existence. We will be working with your group to provide very tangible evidence of the reality of these other realms. Our plan is to pioneer important methods of communication between the dimensions using energy rather than the more traditional method such as ectoplasm. This evening, it is time for the new work to begin. What you're about to witness is a sign of greater things to come. That's right. You see, part of this new, let's call it, spiritual technological breakthrough was that with this new combined energies method, one could really produce some fantastic results for the proof of life after death without using up all the medium's juices. I'm sorry, Bryce, did you say juices? Yes, juices. Rebecca, would you please explain to, to these guys <laughs> about ectoplasmic juices, please? Sure, it's semen. Just kidding. Sure, Bryce. <laughs> the generally accepted definition of ectoplasm is that it is a physical substance, a mixture of chemicals and body fluids taken from the body of the physical medium and the bodies of the sitters. It is plasmic by nature, and the spirit helpers gather the ingredients together inside the body of the medium before ectoplasm is released through any or all of the medium's orifices. Okay. The ectoplasm is then molded and manipulated by the team of spirit helpers for the purposes of producing physical psychic phenomena, a.k.a. sperm sculpture. <laughs> I've had a jizz, Just baby! Or, pff, right. Love yeah, it. That was right. That Perfect. is what it sounds like. <laughs> because... 
Nearly a queef. That was perfect. <laughs> because as often was done in the ways of the spiritual movement of the past, you see, when a medium would go into trance, she would often emit this ectoplasm, and then after the sessions, he or she would be completely exhausted and wiped out. But this new way, with the shagged delicacy... <laughs> My wife is what you way. might call a squirter. <laughs> Ectoplasm everywhere. <laughs> I gotta get through it. Okay. Uh, uh. I'm never gonna look at Slimer the same again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh. All right. Here we go. All right. So, after the sessions, they'd be wiped out, right? But this new way, with the shagadelic energies, it left the sitters and mediums feeling refreshed and even charged up. <laughs> yeah, baby! You want a ciggy, baby? Manu, can you explain to us in oh, a little God. more detail about what this new breakthrough in mediumship is? Sure, Bryce. The energy of which we speak is a blend of creative energy from three specific sources. The first we call spiritual energy, which we bring with us from our world. The second is human energy which we take from your bodies during the experiments. And the third is earth energy, which is drawn from columns or oh, reservoirs of I've natural I've got a energy. column you can draw some energy from. <laughs> oh, don't you worry, Mr. Foy. I'm coming for your energy column. That exists in certain geographic... <laughs> don't. I can't no. look at you. That exists in certain geographical locations of your world. These energies were understood in used by the ancients, but this is now forgotten uh, knowledge we are trying to help Manu, humanity to remember. Might oh, yes, you be yes, referring to the South Pole? That's the pole I'm looking for, baby. Well, not only that, the spirit team also gave them instructions on how to conduct the experiments. Our spirit team was a team <laughs> of, uh, of spirit personalities who had lived a life on this earth. I'm not sure how many wives they had. None of them ever showed up to any of our parties. Um, I, if the, I invited all the wives, but uh, several of whom, the, these were scientists whilst they were here. Yes, and it was this spiritual scientist team, spirit team, that was given most of the credit for producing the unexplainable effects. I think the greatest effort comes from the spirit side. I mean, without them, you can sit there and nothing will happen. <laughs> Is this how you thought that it was, was so going to go, Bryce? <laughs> when you wrote this, when so you good. sat down and wrote this this week, <laughs> yeah. is this how you pictured it going? <laughs> I think so. Uh, all right. what <laughs> There's five what more experiment? pages of this, everybody. I'm scrolling through this document. It, it is long. This is no, no. this is a hot get Stevie high stretch. <laughs> okay, one experiment involved a camera, which was to be placed on the center of the table with a fresh roll of 35 millimeter film in it. Initially, nothing seemed to happen until. We heard the camera moving around our heads, clicking, and being wound on by spirits. When they developed the film, they expected to see nothing because all the photos were taken in pitch black. But when they saw, what they saw astonished them. The film had seemed to magically capture a series of strange and intriguing images. There were 
wartime pictures of St. Paul's Cathedral, a bus that was blown away in the Blitz, human faces in various stages of development, weird bubbles coming together which they were told were areas of communication between the spirits themselves. The faces were believed to be images of deceased people, which, strangely enough, were confirmed when the mediums channeled a man named Kingsley Fairbridge, who had died in 1924. In some synchronicitous fashion, the Foys were put in touch with his daughter, who was still alive at that time, and who in fact did confirm with a picture of her own that that was indeed a picture of her deceased father. Take a look at that pic. It was never explained to us why we got these particular pictures other than the fact that we had a second separate photographic spirit team working with us at that stage who were practicing their art and seeing what they could achieve. Now, I didn't see them removing any clothing or swapping any wives, but I guess they got some results. For, for the next experiment, uh, that was Michael's ad lib, by the way, and that was not written. Uh, for the next experiment, the spirit <laughs> team asked for just a box of unopened Polaroid Pola 35mm film. They just left it unopened and on the table and let the spirit team go to work. And that's exactly what they did, because when they processed the film, which they did on site with a special Polaroid processing machine, they all stood around and watched as the film came through. You can imagine our surprise when we brought this film out that had never been opened, put it through the processor, and viewed it. AKA, we shook it around a lot. And then there was images and faces and writing. Yes, there was even writing on the film. Strange writing in complete sentences. Different languages, even hieroglyphics appeared like magic across the roll of the film. Uh, take a look at that picture. The results were so staggering and seemingly unbelievable that to counter the claims of hoax, they invited independent investigators to select the unopened boxes of film. I checked the box which was factory sealed, identifiable by the glue marks. He then broke the seal, signed the plastic film canister, and carried it into the session where it remained on the table. Nobody's been has asked me, but my name is Denzil Fairbairn. Yes. Denzel, you, could Denzel. it have been switched? I'm 100% certain that the film I selected was the same film that was returned to me at the end of the session. The film was immediately processed right in front of Denzel. Halfway through... Uh, uh, halfway around... Sorry, I was distracted. Somebody left a bra on the floor. Halfway around the film, we could see a Latin statement which translated to reflecting clearly into the earth and into the planets. The spirit team had said that they worked on the film and lo and behold, there it was. That's right, Latin, reflecting clearly into the earth and into the planets. Take a look at that pic. Well, if that wasn't strange enough, things only got weirder from there. The spirit team requested that the couples use a glass dome in their next set of experiments. You know, the kind that you might put a crystal figurine in or a rose. It was about six inches in diameter and 16 or so inches high. Uh, Michael. Wait, <laughs> I have to time out here, Bryce, for a second. Okay. Did you say a rose because you were thinking of Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> Yes, I, don't yes, think, yes, absolutely. I don't think anyone <laughs> yeah. other than the beast has ever put a rose 
in a crystal dome. That's it was you don't know that, Michael. <laughs> you don't know that others haven't done it. Where did the beast get the idea? I'm yeah. just saying, you know that's not like a thing, right? Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was the best way to communicate what kind of, you know, dome this I was. Yeah, we got image. it, but yeah. I just wanted to dump I could have added another picture, but I was thinking, like, I didn't want to overwhelm with, with photos. No, we got it. Uh, I'm but, loving, these, okay, loving good. these pictures. Michael, why don't you explain, as Robin, uh, the about the glass dome? The glass dome was very important to the skull work. Creative energy was stored in the dome and was used by the spirit team to produce the phenomena that happened in skull. To verify their incredible claims, they allowed scientists and paranormal and psychic investigators from the SPR, the Society for Psychical Research, to conduct an investigation into the authenticity of the strange happenings. SPR, based out of London, was an esteemed institution, is an esteemed institution, which included over a dozen Nobel laureates. When word got around that there was some incredible paranormal activity happening in these school sessions, they immediately wanted Wanted to send a team of investigators, which they did, and to their surprise, the couples welcomed them with open arms. Yeah, baby. There was old Montague Keane. Initially, we were all pretty skeptical because of what had been claimed to. It seemed so. way out. Dr. Arthur Ellison, an emeritus professor of electrical engineering and a former president of the SPR. No scientist of any kind worth his salt would ever say that anything could not possibly happen. And principal investigator and research psychologist, as well as one of the world's most respected parapsychologists, Dr. David Fontana. <clears throat> yes, the paranormal is a mysterious air behind the scene in the known world. To preclude the possibility of a fraud, the investigators were allowed to inspect the before and after. Everyone was told to empty their pockets and leave everything outside the hole, which only had one entrance, which no, was no, always no. kept locked. I know this is an unusual request, but I, this time I want you to keep it outside the hole. <laughs> boy. Despite the precautions, the incredible events continued unabated. Oh, well some sort of baiting, yes. We saw colored lights, we had materializations, we had direct voices. This is spirit voices talking from the air, of course. Uh, we were touched by the spirits. A whole range of phenomena that could not be mistaken by three investigators such as ourselves. Oh boy. Yes, and in an air... <laughs> and in an air of openness, the couples continued to allow investigators and skeptics alike to take part in their weekly seminars in one incredible feat with the SPR present. We had a number of different experts, professors from different disciplines to come, and sometimes they would test their expertise against the expertise on the other side. For example, Professor Archie Roy, who is an astronomer, and specializes in the movement of celestial bodies, had a discussion with the other side about celestial mechanics, and he said afterwards that there were only about half a dozen people in the country who would know exactly what they were talking about. Yeah, yeah, these guys are talking celestial mechanics. I mean, how do you explain mm -hmm. that? To devise <laughs> some... <laughs> 
To devise some controls, the SPR recommended luminescent Velcro wristbands to be worn by all in attendance. If anyone tried to take them off... Now they're just throwing a rave. They made a loud noise. (laughs) Right. They also wanted to turn some lights on, you know, and make sure there were no cheeky buggers. However, the Foys insisted on keeping it dark, saying that the spirit team worked much more effectively in the dark. The next stage strange phenomena that beset the group was the light balls that bounced around <laughs> that bounced around the room which seemed to <laughs> just possess- gonna leave that one on the table old boy. Wait, yes well that's what happened they bounced on the table and they seemed to possess weight and mass they would fly around the room and land in people's hands and sometimes even heal visitors would report that the strange balls of light entering their body where they had an injury and afterwards claiming to be miraculously better There was also a floating, glowing, disembodied hand, apparently belonging to one Mrs. Bradshaw, that floated around the room and patted people on the shoulder and let people touch her hand. Rupert Sheldrake, a famous researcher who proposed the concept of morphic resonance, was there during this time, described it much like the thing from Adam's family. But it was perhaps this next manifestation that came through that was not only extremely confounding, but even a little disturbing. They called this next experiment the Alice Project, after the same protagonist who slipped down the hole, which was done with the light on and consisted of a standard eight millimeter camcorder pointed at a mirror, which was aimed at another mirror, which then pointed into the eyepiece of the camcorder while recording. And that's when they captured these guys. Take a look at picks five and six. Michael, can you tell our audio-only audience what you're looking at? Uh, Yes. Well, they can also refer to our Instagram, but uh, these look like neon green. They're neon green faces that I would say are in the shape of a traditional alien gray. That's right. What the fuck are they doing here? This realm was supposed to be an ecology of souls. Our ancestors. Dead people. What the hell's an alien gray doing in the skull hole? For the grand finale, it's only a matter of the time. spirit team, <laughs> the spirit team Probing. wanted there to demonstrate go. how Nailed things it. are able to pass from the spirit world to our physical world. So they asked the group to gather a bowl and place a quartz crystal in it, which they did. They then asked the good Dr. Ellison, the electrical engineer from the SPR, to pick up the items and examine them and put them back on the table, which he did. The spirit team then instructed him to pick up the crystal once more, and when his fingers attempted to grasp the object, it was as if by magic, not there. He could still see the crystal and its essence, but it had slipped out of reality. The spirit team seemed pleased and asked him to try just one more time, which he did, and the object had re-manifested right there in his own hand. He was flabbergasted. And just as fast as the activity began, one day it simply ceased. Perhaps the spirit team were disassembled, perhaps their work was done, or maybe the energies were off. No, baby, no! Either way, the experiments are there for any and all to see. And on a final, more personal note, I'd like to add that I did discover multiple sources, people with upstanding reputations, who all said that the Foys and the Bennets, upon meeting them and getting to really know them, were genuine and honest people. 
All in all, the Foys and Bennetts claim to have had five years or more than 500 sessions, totaling 1,000 hours of communication with the spirit world, producing a staggering amount of physical evidence, physical psychic evidence that was tested, retested by scientists and skeptics alike, all of whom agreed that when confronted with the actual phenomena deep down in the skull hole, there could be no other explanation that the human consciousness somehow and in some way survives the passage of death and enters into a hidden world populated by those who have gone before us. Wow. Well, that was, was, a, was a real ride. wild ride, Bryce. That, I was, was ha- very hot. Ha- yeah. Very sexy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you for entertaining so, uh, me. Playing I, the, I appreciate it. Playing hide the crystal in the skull hole. Please, life after death. <laughs> That's what we're saying here. Oh my god! So what do you so guys? This is why I get the thesis. What do you guys make of all this? I mean, look, you know. You can go to, you, you could just go down a quick Googs of the skull experiment and see the tapes and the evidence yourself. It's some really incredible stuff. What do you guys make of all this? I mean, all jokes aside, this is actually kind of like there's some crazy stuff that in there with all this weird film exposing stuff. I mean, yes. it either sounds like intentional hoaxing just because like, how are you going to get text? like exposed on film or something beyond that defies explanation i guess well that's exactly the point yeah it was the spirit team as 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 they sort of said that were sort of they were they were experimenting as well on the other side with how to sort of come to commute try new energies to communicate and and it was through this energy that was created in the room that they were able to manifest these images on this film and manipulate the atoms and the structure of reality Rebecca, you've been silent for a while. What are your thoughts on the skull experiments? You know, it's so, uh, it's interesting because obviously it's been tested by all these people. But I think being so removed from it, you still, I don't know, I just can't help but be like, feel like they made it up somehow. No, I... (laughs) But it's all it's just all so weird, like to have the alien and the Latin and like all these different types of weirdnesses, like yeah. to have it all. And then I think I still can't get the image of ectoplasm coming out of people's orifices yeah. out <laughs> yeah. of my head. Yeah. It's distracting. Whereas yeah. it's something like I can't I'm like didn't move beyond that. What's yeah, weird is totally. this is like yep. this is the yep. 1990s, right, Bryce? And a lot of this stuff sounds like the old spiritualist stuff that was happening in the 1890s. Like they're sort of reviving, like the ectoplasm and like the the episode that we did on sa- Sasquatch seances, you know, where people would like manifest weird things in the room, and it was always done in the dark, and it always seemed to like people would hear about these things and come see them and be mystified by them, and you know this this is like a story. This is a, in other words, it's like although the 90s aren't obviously very modern anymore, this is just sort of like the same thing that we heard about the spiritualists and the mediums in the eight, late 1890s, right? So mm. there's just something very classic about it. And even in those stories, even with stuff like Crowley, you hear the, the like being similar to Grays showing up. So 
I don't know if right. this is just sort of like this groovy bunch of people like getting like having a throwback retro medium session as like like via what really does sound like some sort of swinger party or sex party, right? I mean, it well, really does. Well, you know, like it really look, does. All, all all jokes aside, these were these were sort of dedicated citizen scientists. And to truth be told, yeah. when they started the skull experiments, they they were shuffling people in and out. It usually started with like seven or eight people sitting together and then just trying to see a phenomena would happen. You know, as people cold in and out, it wasn't until they met the Bennetts, you know, Alan and Diana, who had said that they they were experiencers and they they had you know experienced some of this crazy that things really started to pick up. And, and, you know, what's different than the old spiritualist movement, Michael, is that, you know, technology. In other words, they were using 35 millimeter Polaroid camera processing film mm-hmm. right on site. So so they were they were having these controlled uh, experiments done in the in, in the um, in the vein of science, you know, and, and, and then to, to have and, and look, the aported objects were crazy i mean all different kinds of things one thing i didn't even mention there was a newspaper that came across first of all they channeled this old medium they thought thought her name was helen the next thing boom this newspaper plops down on the fucking table with her on the front page cover about how she was put on trial for being a medium now they tested this newspaper and found out that it was missing the chemicals contained in newspaper print uh, printed during wartime in other words this newspaper was the real deal, the real okay. object. They dated it back to the 40s. And so it was objects like this that were able to be tested in scientific laboratories that confounded people like uh, over at the P- the Society for Psychical Research, who, you know, at the end of the day, they came as skeptics and they walked out as complete believers. So my question is, <clears throat> and alongside with Rebecca, whenever, and this is sort of what I meant by the like this, like likening it to the spiritual stuff. I'm not, I'm not like knocking it at the end of the day, but I do. If mm-hmm. this was so repeatable and testable, any other big scientific breakthroughs, that stuff continues, and then it becomes mainstream, well, and we can show people how it's done. My problem with these well, stories gl- is gl- it always I'm seems glad to you happen. Say that. It always seems to happen in a vacuum, and then we, yeah, to certain, certain people, people yeah. but well, we never really hear about it. And if it's such, if it's so repeatable, why aren't we doing it today? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Michael, because it was repeatable. People found out what they were doing and their tactics at the school sessions, and they brought it all across the globe, even here to Southern California. As a matter of fact, they opened up a school experiment session here in Southern California with such wild results. Uh, the matter of fact, there was one session which was recorded on camera of a table where they had crystals on. This table picks up, starts spinning so fast, you can see the crystals. They aren't flying off anywhere. It just becomes like one solid light, and you can hear the audio. Oh, my God! You know, these were the school sessions. So it was repeatable, uh, some of the tactics and techniques uh, that they were using in these school experiment sessions. But why isn't but like it bigger said, news? Like, well, why like isn't a strange it, why isn't tap. It like and known like this fact paranormal today? phenomena, it's n- it, well, it is known <clears throat> fact. People just... They want to talk about other stuff than the main meal at the dinner table. Look, here's the thing, right? Uh, You know, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. But, you know, (laughs) 
it doesn't matter. Uh, but yes, I think we're talking about it, and that's important. Yeah. And 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 it, and when I, when I, I I gotta be honest, when I reviewed all these materials, I was really the. It's it's true. These guys were just like like us. They were like, hey, let's get in a room and see if we can make some shit happen. And when shit starts to happen, man, they were like, you know, they could not believe it. It was like, on. all right, Bryce, I promise you, if you can make a crystal disappear and reappear in the palm of my hand, I'll, oh, I will apologize oh. and say I'm sorry. Well, I was, ever I was skeptical. Go, I, yes. Well, I was going to say we should try this other experiment because uh, other experiments started to matriculate after that. They 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 they, they <laughs> did the, they did this Happy one called the like, Norfolk yes. the called the, <laughs> the Norfolk the experiment, like, Riley, yeah, right. where they put a crystal in a little plate with some water and they pointed a camera right eat and right over top of it and the two sitters channel energy into the crystal to bring a spirit communicator through and faces come through in these crystals. And you can see that on their website too. It's called the Norfolk right. experiment. And these faces are wild, uh, but we can try cool. that ourselves. Okay. We should definitely Listen, try to I'm gonna project look, some faces I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna watch whatever video you okay, guys do great. when you do it. Okay. Right. And I'll know that you're yeah. not making it up because you yeah. wouldn't do that for no. listeners. No. We're, we're trying fine. to get to the truth You'd of this damn thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I I'll like be, it. Yeah. Rebecca, it's cool. thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you, Bryce. Well done. Uh, Riley, I got to say, your voiceover work is like growing with every year. Like, you're doing, I don't mean to sound condescending, but you're really getting into some character no, work. I, you know what? I really appreciate you're doing that. Some great, you're doing some great job. Great work. I've been hanging out with some world-class actors here, so I, I, I really I'm impressed. appreciate that. That was, that was, that was um, dinner theater Rebecca, supreme. remind everybody where they can find your movie, uh, your shows, your podcasts, you. So Step Aside is uh, the mockumentary about competitive dance that you can watch. It's the feature I directed, and you could go to stepasidethemovie.com and find where that's streaming. And then you could find the podcast by going to my Instagram at Hello Rebecca. And on there, I will tell you where you will be able to find it. Great. Because it's 2024, people, and you mm, could be listening it. to it. Do Woo! it right now. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. And uh, I, for one, will definitely be uh, watching Step Aside over I for my two. holiday break. So that's in the past now. For three. And uh, I'll also be listening to Non Drinking Buddies. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Big thanks to Rebecca Johnson and big thanks to you, our listeners, especially our freaky friends who uh, recently joined us over on BCC, the other side over at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. It's time for some shout outs. The Real Bigfoot. Thank you. Nathan Blastell. Thank you. Austin Holman, Cosmeteer. Thank you, Austin. Welcome. Arcano Joe, Cosmeteer. Thank you, Joe. Welcome. Adam Stump. Thanks, Adam. Joshua Veal. Thank you. Spezda. Thank you, Spezda. Shags the Sheep 23, and I'm not making you the favorite name of the week because I don't encourage that type of humor, although we just did a bunch of it. A whole lot, our, of, that. A lot of it. Yeah. So sorry, Shags the Sheep. Thank <laughs> Look, you for being here. Sometimes uh, it's the low hanging fruit. Oh, Thanks, Shags. Dan, Cosmeteer. Thanks, Dan. Welcome. Nate. Thank you, Nate. JB, Cosmeteer. Thanks, JB. Welcome. And my personal favorite name of the week, Grand Admiral Tron, combining uh, two wonderful sci-fi franchises. Well done. Thank uh, you. you can follow me at McMills on Instagram. Check out Bookie 
Uh, all, all of season one is available right now on HBO Max. Uh, look for me on that. Bryce, what do you got? Awesome. You know the show's Expedition Bigfoot streaming on Max and Discovery Plus. Hit me up on those socials. I'll do a cameo for you. Also, if you want to learn more about the Skull Experiment, uh, I found a lot at theskullexperiment.com. And there's a great documentary on YouTube. I think it's available for free. Check it out. What's it called? Do you remember? Uh, it's just called The Skull Experiments. Is, is Start there on YouTube, I think. Okay, great. Yep. Uh, well, I, I want to know more. I'll be hanging out at theskullexperiment.com. Hanging outside that door? The, the, the hole? Tonight, hanging outside the skull <laughs> hole. Uh, I'm Peace Drone on Instagram. I have I will make cameos for you. I'll sing you songs. You know, I got a YouTube. I don't know. Just find me on the internet. We'll find you. All right, we're crossing over to the other side for another free wheeling out there discussion suggested by a listener. If we don't see you there on Friday, we'll see you back here next Wednesday for an all-new episode. Until then, good night. And go get regressed, old boy. Uh, have you seen my, my Christmas? Oh, I cannot believe what happened in that room. Oh, should we talk about it here? Bigfoot Collectors Club is executive produced by Michael McMillan, Riley Bray, and Bryce Johnson. Our show is engineered, produced, and scored by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters. Follow them on Spotify. Want more BCC? For exclusive full-length episodes every month and total access to the other side, check out patreon.com slash bigfootcollectorsclub. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.